What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Thursday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, however you're taking us in. We appreciate it. Thanks for making us part of your morning. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Hey-o. A fully rested Kelly Bidlin. Kelly got some sleep yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, he is uh, energetic. I, I kind of just yelled in the ears of everybody on the crew. And uh, <laughs> Kev, our great audio guy, is not very happy with me right now. Kevy Kev. Yeah, he, he ain't happy. Kevin Trask, no relation, oh, no relation to Kyle or Amy. Um, okay, Crackman Unscripted, later this show, hour number two, as you know, on a Thursday. Dan Weston will join us from across the pond, uh, across the pond to talk Australian Open. Uh, we pushed on the Magna Lynette plus five games match last night against Arena Sabalenka. What you have on the ladies' side now is Sabalenka versus Rybakina. That is the ladies' final at the uh, Australian Open. I have a Rybakina Djokovic uh, exacta that I got uh, a couple days, three days ago, which I mentioned on the show. I did that along with a uh, Pagula Djokovic exacta. So I am in the Rybakina camp. I will probably have a bet on Rybakina for sure in the finals at plus 115. That's what it's looking like. That I might even put that in before the show ends. Uh, and then I am pondering a Tsitsipas hatching off over in one of the men's semis tonight, over in games. We'll find out what Dan has to say. Djokovic, Tommy Paul, the other one. Djokovic is going to roll. Sorry about that, Tommy Paul. So that's where we are in the Australian Open. We'll talk to Dan Weston about it uh, coming up. But two, uh, at least the Rabakina match was uh, pretty awesome last night against Azarenka. Uh, basketball. We're crescendoing to football. Basket- crescendoing. Crescendoing. Basketball yesterday. If you think, what, a, what a night for the NBA that was. Mm-hmm. One in Portland. Damian Lillard dropping 60, tickling the strings to uh, 60 balloons, as we used to say in basketball camp. Yeah. Don't ask. For the fourth time in his career, during uh, last night's 134-124 to 124 win over the Jazz, he made history, though, with that 60-point performance with his efficiency. He needed just 29 shot attempts and 10 free throw attempts to score 60, putting him in elite company. Just two other players, Carl Malone. You remember that game, uh, Kelly, when oh, he had yeah. 26 in 1990. Uh, and uh, James Harden with 24, talking about uh, 2019, reaching 60 points on fewer shot attempts, but both scored a higher percentage of their points at the foul line, taking 23 free throws apiece. Otherwise put, and I think this is the best way to put the efficiency for Dame Lillard last night, what it was was a uh, 898 true shooting efficiency. Is that what they call it? 898 true shooting percentage? Mm-hmm. So that, it's just an unbelievable performance. 
60 points, as efficient as could possibly be. Congratulations to him. Did you have anything on that game? Anything? Yeah, I actually got in on the Blazers live in the second quarter. They were trailing uh, Utah uh, after the first. So, yeah, I, I got in Blazers live. I was watching that game mainly uh, while I know you were watching the Warriors. I did yes. have the Warriors on another screen. Uh, but, yeah, I was. I watched that game to the end. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dame was incredible. I, there's really not much more to say about that game. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they were they were trailing. It was a good game, but yeah, Dame took over, man. It just felt like he wasn't missing anything. Hi- Ended up being a 134, 124 uh, win for the Blazers. Pretty easy in the end. Highest true shooting percentage, a measure of combined efficiency on shot attempts and free throws ever in a 60 point game, 898. Uh, about the Warriors. Warriors beat the Grizz, 122 to 120. Steph Curry got ejected for throwing his mouthpiece with just over a minute and a half left in the game in a tight ball game, and he threw it out of frustration because the Warriors got an offensive rebound, and with 12 seconds on the shot clock, Jordan Poole decided to just hoist like a 28-footer. And so Curry on the way back down the court was like, I can't take this anymore. And it was his second tech, and so he was ejected. So uh, ended up uh, with uh, Clay Thompson hitting a big go-ahead three with 15 seconds left. Grizzlies came down on a great John Moran assist to tie it, and then the Warriors ended up losing the ball out of bounds. And with two seconds left in a tie game from underneath the basket, Dante DiVincenzo and Jordan Poole make eye contact. Zaire Williams was playing Jordan Poole very poorly in terms of where he had his body position. And so Poole just went to the hoop. Uh, DiVincenzo hit him, and Poole made the layup. That that was the best example, but, man, there were a few ugly, just backdoor cut, easy buckets in the NBA last night. I mean, that that was the most obvious one. In the Magic game, I had a bet on. There was end of the third quarter with one second left in the third quarter. Jalen Suggs goes, like, full court pass. The former quarterback just rockets it, and Franz Wagner's just, like, sitting under the basket, catches it, easy lay-in. They won by six, so that was big to covering. And then the Sixers and the uh, Nets last night. Sixers beat the Nets. Um, was it 138 to, oh, pardon me, 137 to 133 in a game that soared over the, over the total of 225. But that game was marred by 45 fouls, seven technicals, six on players, and the seventh on a delay of game penalty, 63 free throws, and 27 turnovers. Yeah, I, I barely, I, I watched some of this game, Gil, but it was. It felt like every time I was – it was on one of my TVs I was flipping back and forth between different games. Every time I flipped to it, I felt like they were at the foul line. And then it was – you know, I like to verify that later when I was looking at the box score. I was like, oh, they did shoot that many free throws. It did feel like an obscene amount of free throws. It was obscene. And here's what I want to get to, though, for for you, Kelly, though, because you you represent NBA betters. You love to bet the NBA. So about an hour and a half before the Nuggets game, we get the news that Michael, uh, that, that Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and KCP all out. And then we had a similar thing with lineups in the Lakers game where we just find out the Lakers lineup, you know, an hour and a half, less than an hour and a half before game time. Betting the NBA preflop ATS is a, uh, a journey in Plinko to begin with, let alone not having this information this close to tip-off. Yeah. How frustrating has this become for you? It's tough. Um... I don't know. It's not. It's if you do this every day, it's not frustrating because you've got to know this stuff. This stuff happens and can happen. What's frustrating is it basically means if you're going to do this right, and you're going to and you're going to bet anything pregame or have you know have have a strategy of how you're going into a game live. 
with the injury information, you'll basically need to be on Twitter about 24-7. 24-7. You know, it's yeah. 11 a.m. Pacific time is usually when you get the first wave of injury reports. And then somewhere between there and 2.30, you're going to get more updates on guys. And that's what happened. You know, we had, we had Drew on yesterday. I know he was on the Nuggets, got a cover in the end, did actually cash that ticket. Yeah. But, you know, he comes on with us. Nobody's on the injury report, really. I think Bones Highland and, and Michael Porter Jr. were questionable at that point. We're too early, man. It, it, right, and then two we're hours later, it's yeah. it's they basically tag the whole team as questionable. And it is one of those... It is one of those you can kind of read the tea leaves, though. When they go and do that, you know there's a likelihood most of those guys are going to get downgraded to not playing, especially when it's a, it's the second, you know, uh, back end of a back to back situation like that was last night for Denver. I, you can kind of start reading the tea leaves. So I don't know if, if Drew bought off his bet or anything like that. Obviously, it did start, end up covering in the end. Um, it makes it tough. I think it's another reason, though, of, you know, and, and maybe this is a bit of a, 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 a semi-pro tip. How about that, Gil? It's the, it, it, it emphasizes, I think, for newer bettors even more the value of live betting, right? That you don't you don't have to be like me or Drew Dinsick and be looking at injury reports all day long if you don't have to. You can wait until the start of the game, know who's playing and who's not, yeah. and choose to get in live. It's a that's a big uh, that's a big transfer of thinking for people to make, but it would help a lot of people because yeah. what you said before is correct. Tw- the gig preflop is a twenty four seven gig. Uh, just of just following this, and who's got the time for that? Most people don't, right? Yeah. So. And, and look, I think that these, uh, it's it's for me, it's being very selective with what you're betting pregame. I'm usually splitting up, um, you know, pieces of my bet between pregame and live. But there are still games. You know, the Magic are an example. Last night, if you wanted to get in on the Magic, there was no chance that you were entering that game and do, with the strategy of hoping to get in on them live because they did lead from uh, from wire to wire. Only ends up being a six-point win and barely covering, but they led by 17 points at the end of the first quarter. There was no chance, really, for you to get in live during that game. So though, that is why I still do it a bit pregame for games like that. But, man, I, absolutely the value in the NBA is live betting it. All right, biggest news of the day yesterday, Patrick Mahomes, full participant in practice yesterday for the Kansas City Chiefs. Full participant. He says he's ready to go. That's a quote. Ready to go. Says he's feeling much better than he thought he would. And so, how has this line shifted? Remember from Sunday night, where the Chiefs were favorites, and then the doubts around Patrick Mahomes' injury, the Bengals became the favorites, as much as a two-point favorite yesterday morning. And now, while the Bengals are still favored in some spots, we are now seeing Pickums and the Chiefs being favored after the Mahomes news from yesterday. So those of us who got in on the Bengals-Niners teasers, which I did on Sunday... Six and a half point teaser, by the way, to make the Bengals uh, seven and a half and the Niners eight and a half. We may see this go all the way. And by the way, I won't need to have a preflop play on the Niners Eagles game because I already have Niners futures. But I, if I like the Bengals, which I do here, I'm just going to wait and see if more Chiefs money comes in if I want to make a straight play on the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I have two bets in on these games already, but they are small bets. I am talking, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Gil, but I think I have about one-fifth of the action that I had on games last week. Like, they are tiny bets more for yes. more for fun purposes this weekend because I think all four of these teams are damn good. All four could win the Super Bowl. But I'll be the guy and tell you right now, I think I'm, I'm going to end up with uh, being one of those people that got a terrible Bengals line because I took a money line minus 115 when it started to swing that Bengals way, and now it's swinging back. You could get, you know, you could get a better number right now, that's for sure. Yeah. 
And we're also at the point of the season, again, where if you're fortunate to have futures going, you can just sort of, uh, you can work with those if you want, right? You can try to uh, lock in some cash either way if it it works out for you in terms of who you have a future and if the line uh, sort of allows you to do that. Or if you're not a... If you're not someone who wants to lock in and you really trust your conviction, and you're like, I made this bet for a reason, I believe in it, you just roll with it. So so what do you got, Niners to win the NFC and Super Bowl? Niners to win the NFC, Niners to win the Super Bowl, a couple MVP Super Bowl uh, Niners, and of course uh, Brock Purdy to win, <laughs> to win Rookie of the Year. So I'm all about the Niners. Hearing a lot of people with a lot of Eagles conviction this week, though. I'm on the Eagles. I don't have that much conviction, though. Like, I can't sit here and argue with you about, like, how much, you know, how much better of a side that is this week. The right four teams are there, that's for sure. All right, we'll come back. Sports Odds History, our buddy Blake over at Sports Odds History did a great job of contextualizing these NFL playoffs up to the moment. We'll look at those. Exactas as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. numbers game on vcent the sports betting network it is time to download nevada's premier sports betting app betmgm sports betmgm with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more download the betmgm app today stop by any mgm casino on the strip with your state issued id to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in nevada the whole thing won't take you but a few minutes Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin is here as well. Megapod after the show today, the championship round Megapod. Not as long as most Megapods because there's only two games. But Steve Fezzik is our guest today oh, after the show. I was going to ask who the big guest was. So uh, we'll see about their uh, a new weight loss challenge between he and Todd Wish now. It's exciting. Well, I mean, he's in studio, I'm assuming? He would be in studio. Okay. Oh. Four... So, so not quite as easy for, for Todd and Jeff to cut off. Well, <laughs> there's, already a, there's already a pool on interruptions. Oh, really? Up. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Three and a half is the Good. line. Glad to hear. I, l- I like betting action on, on anything in life. 
Before we do the uh, context on the NFL playoffs, courtesy of Sports Odds History, one college football note. Did you see this, Kelly? LSU oh, yeah, this accidentally, accidentally yep. overpaid Tigers football coach Brian Kelly by $1 million during the first year of a 10-year, $100 million contract, but discovered the error and has moved to correct it, the Louisiana Legislative Auditor's Office said on Wednesday. I'm really disappointed uh, in Brian Kelly that he wouldn't bring okay, this up. so you know, this I'm... is exactly my question. <laughs> this is exactly my question. What do you do in that circumstance? Now, before everybody rushes to say you don't say anything, don't say it that quickly because you don't want that to come back to haunt you. Yeah, because then, because then you'll have some tax implication that you didn't know about. You'd already have spent it in some cases. I don't know. Do you like? It's kind of he had to know, right? He had to know. So okay. So the the story is is that, and I don't know. Maybe he had this stuff split up originally, but one of them was going to his like charity foundation, I believe, or or, or some kind of foundation. I see. And then one was go. What, so they were basically doing double payments, right? And one, he was getting his normal paycheck like he'd normally get. I see. And then one was going to like the Brian Kelly, I don't know, LC, LLC or something like that, okay. or foundation, whatever. All right. But it was a separate entity, so I don't really know. But then... But then put yourself in his shoes, right? If let's say you get a call from the person running that foundation or LLC or whatever, like, hey, uh, Brian, we're getting payments over here that look a little weird. Would you be like, well, I can guess what that is, but I'm not going to bring it, bring any attention to it until they. It's figure an interesting it thing. Out. I yeah. think I think you do say something. I'm serious. I know people are like, oh, you, well, you got to be crazy. You got to take the. No, you don't. It, it'll be worse later. I mean, it's always going to come, like, yeah. eventually it's going to come out, right? Yep. I mean, yes, am I shocked that it took this long for LSU to realize that they had overpaid well, him $1 million? Well, it sounds like it wasn't LSU. It sounds like it's the Louisiana Legislative Auditor's Office that figured it out, not LSU. R- okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, even better point. So they, yeah. who knows how long it might have taken them to figure <laughs> it out. But, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many, how, how many millions would you like to be in the hole to LSU, right? All right, let's go through some of these. This is our buddy Blake over at SportsOddsHistory.com, and some of these are going to be like before the playoffs started, but we'll we'll get it to current day here before the championship games. Um, preseason odds from BetMGM of the 2022 divisional winners. The uh, biggest chalk on the board was Tampa Bay because it was such a weak division, right? Minus 250 in the NFC South, and it barely got home at 8-9. and nine. Really a 6-11 and 11 team at 8-9 and nine clothing. And the biggest dog was Jacksonville at plus 750. Jacksonville was plus 750? To win the AFC South? Man, that must have been, like, early. I'm going to say, because it was them in Tennessee. It was a two-horse race, right? You mentioned... Or Indianapolis was in there, too. I guess some. I guess Indianapolis had a lot of juice at the preseason, too. But plus 750, that courtesy of BetMGM through sports I, I, odds I mean, history. Indianapolis was, like, even money or worse to win that division. I know, because I had tickets on them. Yeah. Um, but, man, I don't remember the Jags being that long. Let's roll through these guys. Let's let's motor through these as much as we can because we want to get to present day. But these are just sort of uh, contextualizing the postseason in, in, in total. This is from Sports Odds History as well. Preseason odds. This is from FanDuel for the best and worst regular season records. Best record, Kansas City was 9-1. to Philadelphia was 16-1. to Both of them ending up with the same record. And worst record, Chicago plus 650. The dead heat rule applied for the best record. So the payout cut in half, and then there's some other math. It's not just cut in half uh, since two teams were tied for the best record. So that was pretty interesting. Season win total notes, Atlanta, Carolina, Detroit, and the Jets, their first overs for all those franchises since 2017. Jacksonville and the Giants, 
with only their second overs in the last 12 seasons. Kansas City, nine overs in the last 10 seasons. That's incredible. You can't make their season win total high enough. And then the unders, Cleveland, 12 unders in the last 15 seasons. I was surprised to see that one. Denver, six unders and one push since 2016. Good, good God. And Tennessee, their first under since 2015. So the one time that Mike Vrabel and company were below expectation in terms of season wins. How about Washington? They improved to 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, clinched the over on their season win total bet uh, the final week of the season. All the teams in the NFC East went over. Everyone in the NFC East went over. They almost all made the playoffs. Washington didn't quite get there, but all of them went over their season win total. All teams in the division have gone over their win total only four other times since 2002. The 2016 NFC East, 2014 AFC North, 2007 AFC South, and the 2002 NFC South. Who could forget that? All right, a few more of these from Sports Odds History. Preseason odds from BetMGM on finishing as the number one seed. Kansas City was 6-1, to one, and the AFC Philly was 10-1 to one in the NFC. I wish we had those to bet on here in Nevada. Yeah, that six to one feels like easy money. <laughs> You're looking at that. This one was some of this was about some of the individual leaders from the 2022 regular season stat leaders. Patrick Mahomes was eight to one to have the most passing yards, which he did. He was eight to one to have the most touchdowns, which he did. Most interceptions, and this came down to the wire. Remember, Davis Mills and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was fifty to one. They dead heated those two guys. But if you had Dak, that was still a good cash for you. Yeah, good cash, especially especially considering he missed more games than all these yeah. guys. Josh Jacobs was 40-1 to one to get the most rushing yards. Jamal Williams was not even listed for most rushing touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, 8-1 to one for receiving yards this year. It was 8-1 to one for receptions, or 9-1 to one rather. Uh, Devontae Adams for touchdowns, cashed also at 9-1. to one. Defense, Nick Bosa, 14-1 to one with sacks. Foyasade, uh, was that Oskani? Yeah, at twelve to one for tackles. Minka Fitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, C.J. Gardner Johnson, Tariq Woolen, all uh, who was not listed by the way in Woolen's case, but Patrick I mean, Fitzpatrick was forty to one. Justin Simmons sixteen to one. C.J. Gardner uh, Johnson was in there as well. They dead heated for interceptions. What they finished with like seven? I, I believe so. And then Jason Myers most you know most points kicking points. A hundred to one. That was the biggest one on the board this year. There's also no way I would have guessed that he finished the season with the most points. Obviously, it's always a kicker, but... Again, things we... Well, it was kicking points. Things that we weren't offered here in Nevada anywhere. Um, Okay, here we go. Playoff teams that were not favored to make the playoffs. Seattle was six to one not to make it. They were the longest shot to not make it. Remember, people thought they were going to be the worst team in the NFL. It was the only coach of the year ticket I had was Pete Carroll. Should I not feel a little robbed? Non-playoff teams that were not favored to miss the playoffs, Green Bay was the longest shot. They were plus 333 to miss the playoffs over at BetMGM. All right, and here we get now towards today, if we could throw in a couple more of these here at the end. These are all, again, courtesy of SportsOddsHistory.com. Annual reminder on how the Super Bowl favorite entering the playoffs has fared since 2005. And remember, the Kansas City Chiefs were the Super Bowl favorite this year prior to the season. Losing the Super Bowl... Only thing more common than that was losing in the division round. Eight times it's happened since 2005 that a Super Bowl favorite entering the playoffs has fared since 2005. Has lost in the division round eight times, lost in the Super Bowl six times. Won the Super Bowl only twice, the 2013 Seahawks, the 2016 Patriots. Lost the conference championship only once. By the way, from 74 to 2004, the 
uh, three decades before that, the Super Bowl favorite went on to win the Super Bowl 16 of 31 times. So again, that's the difference in eras in the NFL. The team that was best headed into the playoffs got there more than half the time. Yeah, that's not anymore. Incredible. The amount of times losing in the division round in that in that yeah. one, wow. That's how it is now. And assuming these spreads don't reach three points this week, this would be the third time, only the third time, both conference championship games were less than three points. 1982, Dolphins were one-point favorites. A.J. Dewey and the Dolphins against the Jets, and Dallas was a two-point favorite at Washington in the greatest game in Skins history. I was there. Washington, Miami went to the Super Bowl. Washington ends up winning it, Super Bowl 17. And then in 97, Denver was only a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Pittsburgh. Green Bay only a two-and-a-half-point favorite at San Francisco. Both Denver and Green Bay did advance to the Super Bowl as favorites. Um, was that all? Is that the last one? Or was there one more? I think that might be the end of it. Here we go. One last one. Kansas City, the first team since Philadelphia in the, 20, in the 2002 season, and the second team since 1989, these Chiefs this year, to enter the playoffs as the Super Bowl favorite, win in the division round, and not be the favorite entering the conference championship. So, again, just context for what we got going on here in this year's conference championships and then the Super Bowl beyond. Thank you to Sports Odds History from Blake Mahoney over there at SportsOddsHistory.com, at SOHistory on Twitter. Dan Weston will join us to talk Australian Open. We'll do Super Bowl exactas. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game on v the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the v experts have got you covered. Become a v Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. v Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by v show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting report, v betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out, though. It's a limited time offer. Visit v slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin in the hizzy. Super Bowl exactas. And Kelly, we just put this out for, uh, you know, to be thorough about everything available out there. But we talked about this before the postseason. And really, can I just say this, not to kill the segment here, but that ship has sailed. Oh, yeah. We said Bengals, if you, if you have conviction on the Bengals, Specifically, that was the time to bet it because you could get twenty-five to one's minimum. Well, look at that, right? So we, right. You know, before wild card, over the Niners, thirty-two to one, right? Yeah. Like that'd be a nice ticket to have in your pocket, right? Now. Right now, though, plus six forty. Eh. Right, I'm not running to make that bet right now. That's right. But this is great. Thank you to Aaron Oster and the Circus Sports team. For sure. Those guys uh, sending, yeah. the, sending this stuff over last night. I think it's always interesting to look back at this stuff. You know, so you can really beat yourself up properly. <laughs> That's correct. You know, correct. for those bets you didn't make, you so, know? So think about it. Longest shot before the playoffs of these four of these four teams was Eagles over Bengals at 34-1. to that, how, that now is tied for the short shot. Yeah. And I have bets on the Eagles and the Bengals this weekend. Like, I would kill to have that ticket. Yeah. Anyway, available at Circus still at current odds with the Chiefs over the Niners and the Niners over the Chiefs being the current long shots at 8-1. to one. Let's talk some tennis. Ladies and gentlemen, he uh, is the analyst for tennis for Pinnacle and, of course, at Betfair as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Tennis Ratings. It's Dan Weston, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Dan? Yeah, I am good, Gil. How are you? I'm doing very well. Who you got? The Bengals? Chiefs? What do you got? 
Niners? I'm only focusing on the tennis right now. You know that. <laughs> I know you are. Uh, he's like, Niners? What are you talking about? Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's Rabakina and Sabalenka in the ladies' final, and we have some men's semis tonight uh, in the Australian Open. I'm going to assume there is no Djokovic-Tommy Paul bet of any kind. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. Um, no, no, I think that's a fair assumption, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Djokovic is just a class above anyone, and, and, and ultimately that includes Tommy Paul. Um, you know, Djokovic is heavy, very heavy odds on, and there's no real argument for that. What about yeah? What about Tsitsipas and, and Hatchinov? Where Tsitsipas is a minus two seventy five favorite. Uh, Hatchinov yeah. is one of these guys. If you're not a you know the, the casual sports fan, right? Who's listening yeah. to this? They know about Djokovic. They know about Nadal. They know about Federer. They probably know about Tsitsipas. Even it's probably coming to their sphere at some point. Karen Hatchinov is not somebody that the casual sports fan would know about, but yet. He's sort of been just on the heels of elite tennis for a long time now and has sort of quietly moved into his first slam semi. Uh, mm. Maybe there's no dog play on him here. Is there, a, is there a sets play? Is there a games play? Is there a totals play where he could keep this somewhat close to you? Well, obviously, um, from a kind of a big, big tournament perspective, the Olympics is the one where, where, where Kashinov has... Uh, has had some exposure at, at, at the highest level and you would hope that that's going to help him out overnight with this you know the the, the big the big match in the semi-finals of a, of a grand slam um look uh, we've spoken a lot about city pass and how I, I find him really overrated and and he's he's ridden this incredible variance train this tournament where He's saved 43 out of 49 break points, I think it is, at the moment, which is just absurd and unsustainable. Um, but it's got into this stage, and he's got into this stage against a player who's lower out than him. So, um, yeah, uh, frustrating, because I don't think he's as good as, as a lot of people think. Uh, the problem for me is, if we're looking at opposing Sitsipas, is that he has really, really dominated Kashinov in all of their head-to-head matches. So he leads 5-0 in the series, but it's not just a 5-0 series. It's an absolute dropping across those five matches with Tsitsipas um, only dropping two sets in five matches, winning 55% of points, 61% of games, holding almost 90% of the time, and actually putting some pressure on, on the server Kashinov, who, uh, which you wouldn't expect from Tsitsipas, is very serve-oriented, but... Uh, yeah, that's what puts me off a little bit is is this insane head-to-head advantage that Sitsipas has. So nothing for you here. You're staying away. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, 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 if it was anything, it would be the underdog. But yeah, I just put off by that the fact that I don't. I think I think Sitsipas might have his number. Head to, yeah, head-to-head doesn't typically matter until it's so drastic that you can't ignore it at all. Is what you're saying, I guess. Yeah, pretty much, and, and and the fact that the three of them have been in the last two years as well is yeah. is is another another factor where they're all where and in those three recent more recent matches the 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 two players are kind of at where they're at now in the rankings as well. So it's not like one player has dramatically improved or declined. It's kind of like where where they're at right now as well. We don't have a line yet. If the, if it is a potential Djokovic Tsitsipas final. We don't have a line mm. for that, but let's just say that is the matchup. Um, yeah. 
Is there anything you, you think in advance, even prior to you just sort of looking at this closer, is there anything in your head right now that is that is saying to yourself that Tsitsipas could grab a set or keep it even more competitive than that? Against Djokovic, well, he's going to need to just be so clutch on those break points again as he has been all tournament and, and serve extremely well to put himself in those high variance spots, tie breaks, the odd break point here or there on return. Uh, and that's going to have to be his game plan. He's going to have to play the big points extremely well to have any chance against Djokovic, unless obviously Djokovic's injury uh, resurfaces. All right. Uh, ladies final. I'm hoping we're going to be on the same side of this. Uh, I, I, don't mind. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be on Rybakina here at plus 115. In fact, I just put in the bet on the break here. You? Yeah. The same. Have, you have to. I'm just right. I'll be writing up my, my bet fair stuff. Uh, well, for men's will be t- tonight and women's tomorrow. Uh, and Rabakano is, is just seems to be the obvious play here. We've spoken a lot about this opposition of Sabalenka, uh, and I think that the, it makes sense. Um, realistically, looking at data, six month data, 12 month data, whatever you want to look at, surface data and stuff, there's, there's just there's no reason why Sabalenka should be favoring this match. Yeah, it's that simple. Um, could yeah. she win it? Of course, but she should not be favored. And Rabakina yeah. plus one fifteen is is a fine number right here. What a what a final that should be. Sabalenka trying to win her first slam. Rabakina trying to win her second one. And hopefully, if she does, she'll so, she'll actually show some emotion this time uh, when she does. Because well, yeah, this is an interesting thing because obviously Sabalenka had never even reached a, a slam semifinal before this right. tournament. So so rybakina has got this experience of the winning a slam now at Wimbledon last year uh, uh, and possibly might be a little bit more composed on the on the big stage having had that experience but I think the prices are the wrong way around here last thing um French Open Wimbledon U.S. Open each its own surface moving forward is there I mean these these numbers are available is there a bet out there that you look at it I don't know if it's Listen, Iga in a French Open now is all the way as a minus 110. She's basically, you know, the odds are she's, she's gone from being 30 to 1 in 2020 uh, to, what was it, four, plus 450 last year. The, I think, can't remember what she was. or They didn't play it. Or, no, pardon me. I can't remember what she was the year before. Um, but now in 2023, she's minus 110. She's 4 to 1 at Wimbledon, a surface she's never won a tournament on. Um, maybe on the men's side, Carlos Alcaraz versus Rafa this time around. Carlos Alcaraz, obviously. The uh, the word is out, if you will. You can't get the same numbers you used to. Is there a player matched with a certain tournament? Maybe it's the U.S. Open on the men's side that you already are looking at, and you're like, I- I'll bet that right now. Not so much. Um, French, in particular, obviously, is the next, the next slam on the on the calendar. And, and ultimately, I think a lot is going to depend on how Rafa recovers from these injuries and loss of form that he's had. I think we want to see a lot from him in um, the warm-up events, uh, you know, the the Monte Carlo in Rome, for example, Barcelona, perhaps. Uh, uh, and if, if we do see that, then the the current price on Nadal is obviously, obviously big. But that's far from a given. We don't know what his level is going to be. We don't know what what, what sort of fitness level he's going to be either. So that's tough. I'll just check, check the odds on Betfair for that. And Djokovic is actually favourite ahead of Alcaraz, ahead of Nadal. So that's that's going to be a fascinating tournament for sure. Um, long shot for that? Could Kasparu do something, maybe? 
probably something to look at. Again, these warm-up tournaments are going to be so huge. Yeah, so huge. Casper Root, who just got absolutely rolled by Nadal in the finals last year, one would mm. one would think that that experience would would advance him this time around, but who knows? I mean, like that, he just looked the, the stage was just too big for him last time. Yeah, the thing is, I think that they've kind of got closer in ability since then. Yes, so that's going to have to be a positive. Okay, Dano, we always appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us as many times as you have, and then uh, let's go, Elena Rabakina, tomorrow night. Absolutely. Cheers, girl. Take care. You too. Dan Weston, everybody, at Tennis Ratings on Twitter for Pinnacle and Betfair. We'll come back. Uh, not only will the Crack Man join us, unscripted with Crack Man, uh, but we'll look at some NBA awards. Kelly's got some thoughts. MIP, MVP, Six Man, next. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. Then once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager's settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement of BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Kelly, pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip. Pro tip time. If you're just getting into NBA betting, avoid overnight lines. So many things can change with injury reports before the game actually starts. Sometimes up until just under 90 minutes before tip-off. It's your pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 every day. All available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. 
I think I think that's a good tip for newer betters. I, I just think I it's too. it's going to throw off your handicap completely if you're just going back at the end of the season or you know six months down the line and looking at results, right? Results baits handicapping that sort of thing. It's going to throw stuff off if you get burned by some of these injury reports. One of the one of the biggest things, if not the biggest, that we've tried to do on this show for six years now is try to get people out of the construct of pre-flop ATS betting. That there are so many other ways to do things. In game being yep. the most obvious, but it's difficult, right? Because we are on at certain times of day, not just this show, but others on the network. And we're not on while games are going on. And so we must, by definition, talk pre-flop about all these games. And so it, it does, the upshot of all that is it does give the impression that that's the only way to bet things. Nope. Yeah, it's not. I, right, exactly. It's not. Yeah. Now, I think if you are a more experienced NBA better, mm-hmm. right, that's something that you can try to take advantage of, of with overnight lines, get that closing line value. It's something that I'll still do fairly often. But even for even for experienced better, sometimes it's not the best way to bet a game. So before we get to these NBA awards, because I know you have thoughts here, Kelly, both on uh yeah. or on, on most improved, most valuable, and sixth man. So this got it. This seeped into my timeline last night. <laughs> well, I gotta ask you: is T- Todd Wishnev's here in Vegas, right? Yeah, He's not back in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he'll be here on the Megapod. That's weird because when I first saw this video from this Duquesne game last night, yeah, I, I thought that Todd Wishnev <laughs> must be at the game, who was ordering Postmates to the game. So this is a guy who is at the Duquesne Loyola Chicago game with a with a McDonald's bag. And he's asking, where's my Postmates delivery? He's asking who ordered Postmates. All right, this is clearly a bet, oh, it's right? Clearly fake. It's, so clearly it's clearly a hoax. Fake. It is. Right. We, why did I did a deep investigation on it earlier? He is wearing a lavalier mic. You can kind of see at the top of his collar, uh, which is those little mics that just clip onto your collar. So he's doing it for someone, and apparently all the students in the stands had their – there it is. There you go, Isaiah. See that, see that little black thing next oh, to his collar? Oh, yeah. Nice job, so, Isaiah. Yeah, good there job. You go. So he's wearing a mic. So it's for someone. But you know what? I'm gonna applaud the guy. Usually, this is Listen. the uh, this is the like if it's a streaker situation, you don't want to show him because you don't want to promote this activity. But here's here's the thing. Here's the thing about this one, Gil. I always appreciate the if you want to try something or prank or whatever, as long as you've got the I'm gonna play stupid excuse. It gets you out of so many things. This guy didn't even get kicked out of the game. Well, it's two he things. Went, he went right back to the stands. It's two things. It's the it's what you said. It's the playing stupid, but it's the. To have the cojones in the first place to do that, right? Yeah. So if, like, I offer you an undisclosed sum of money, well, not undisclosed, we would disclose it between ourselves. If I offered you amount of money, like Wishnev's a great example. Wishnev, star of the Megapod. By the way, and thank you to everybody who listens to the Megapod, because, like, it, it's just unbelievable how many downloads <laughs> this Megapod gets. It is incredible, and we just, we, we really appreciate it. Um, but if, if that's Wishnev, who, I, I don't know if you know this, Wishnev not rolling in it, not rolling in the money, mm-hmm. right? But if I offered him a certain amount of money, he would totally do this. And he would totally do it in a way that I never could, right? I'd be like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not going to go out there on the court while a game, while a college basketball game is being played <laughs> between Loyola, Chicago, and Duquesne. I don't care who it's being played between. And literally as the game is being played, I'm just going to ca- look at him. He's just casually rolling on the court. He could pat the player on the back. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. And so so to have that kind of, and look here, he's just rolling out, 
as calm well, as could be. He was like, he's smiling. <laughs> he's like, I just made the college kid. He's probably like, I made one hundred and seventy-five dollars. That yeah, was so like, worth it. You've never been. You've never been in Vegas, and you're walking around one of these hotel casinos, and you like see one of the like ballrooms has some event going on, and I'm always like, I'm gonna go check this out. Like, let me go dip in here real quick and see what's going on, because the worst thing that's gonna happen is someone just say. Hey, who are you and what are you doing in here? And I'm going to be like, oh, man, I didn't even know what this was. Sorry, I'll get out of here. Boy, these kids today, man. <laughs> Onions. Good for him. And nothing happened to him. Like you said, nothing they just ushered him off. He went right back to the stands, yeah. apparently, with his bag of McDonald's. Awesome. Hope he made more than $175. But that's what I'm guessing. That's my guess on the, on the amount of money he made for that bet. Betty did. The, uh, the play-by-play reaction is interesting. You should they, check that. They uh, did a great job. Yes. the play-by-play guy sussed it out immediately. Now, he didn't realize it was a hoax, but yeah. he sussed out that it was an Uber Eats type of situation. That's a good point. I actually didn't yeah. give him enough credit for, yes, he picked yes. up on it, like, oh, nearly immediately. Yes, he did. Which also maybe means there's more people involved in this. Oh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> All right, NBA awards. Let's go to most improved. Now, Kelly and I have talked about this before. Laurie Markin of the Jazz is your favorite minus 125, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, no relation, plus 115. Everybody else is a distant long shot. And again, with most improved player, if you look at the history of this award, it typically goes to an NBA player who was already good, was already a solid player that you know about, who elevates to a near elite level, if not elite. And usually in that third to fourth year window, it's... That is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Laurie Markkinen is not that guy because it's from relative obscurity. Now, I get it. We know who Laurie Markkinen is. Good God, when he was in the Pac-12 tournament for Arizona, he was awesome even then. We thought he'd be the next Dirk. But for the casual NBA fan, it's it's, it's obscurity to being good. That person typically doesn't win this award. Yes. Now, I think this is getting interesting. I, I do agree with the odds shortening, but I, I added I added a, another SGA bet this week at plus 140. I found that number in town. Ooh, plus nice. 140. Nice. So here's your comparison. I jotted down these notes that, uh, this morning. I'm not going to say blind resume because it's kind of obvious who's who. One's a big, one's a guard, right? But marketing. Okay, last year, 14.8 points per game, 5.7 total rebounds, 35% from three. This year jumps up all the way up to 24.8 points per game, so that is a 10-point differential. 8.7 total rebounds, three, so imp- uh, improved on three rebounds a game, and is shooting 43% from three. It is an incredible level of improvement from where he was at a year ago. SGA, last year, 24.5 points per game, five rebounds, six assists a game, a little over one steal, 30% from three. This year, 30.8 points per game, Five and a half assists a game, five rebounds a game, almost two steals a game, over a block a game, and improves to 36% from three. Um, he fits the formula, Gil, and as long as he is in the conversation for scoring leader in the NBA and he's top five right now, I, I just I don't see how you don't give it to this guy. Lowry Markinen is doing incredible things. I also think that how these teams end up performing is going to, it could possibly decide this award. And right now you're talking about them pretty tight. Uh, but the Jazz are going to move pieces. They're going to move pieces here before the trade deadline. And the Thunder are not. I think the Jazz are continue to going to continue to struggle. We're going to struggle even more than they have here. And the Thunder, they've been good the past month. And I don't know if they can keep up that level of play. 
But I think they're still going to be scrappy through through the end of the regular season. So I really like this. If you can get plus plus money on SGA, I think it's a good bet right now. I do too. MVP Nikola Jokic is now minus one forty to three peat. It's incredible. An MVP award. Luka Doncic is the closest at plus four twenty five to Jokic. In the NBA history, the only three people to win three consecutive MVP awards: Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, and Larry Joe Bird. It's wild. That's uh, it. I can't argue with the odds at this point. If he le- if he ends up leading the league in assists, he's going to win this award. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the first big man to do this. I think it was since Wilt to lead the league in assists at one point. Um, I, he's going to win this award if that happens. I think the only bet right now you could even possibly consider is Jason Tatum. Only, only the, I mean, I, and this is JVT said this yesterday. I think he said it really well. Jason Tatum's level of play really hasn't fallen off, and the team is still the best team in the NBA. So if there, if there was anybody I was going to bet in that market right now, it's the only bet I could make. Sixth man real quick. Yeah, this one's uh, this one's wild. We'd need more time to go through this. Okay. Westbrook minus 150, but we've kind of talked about this. I don't know if he deserves to be that guy at the top. Or I, he maybe deserves to be the favorite. It shouldn't be this big of a gap, though, between everybody else. Mark Medina in that straw poll of 20, or excuse me, 32 NBA writers from all 30 NBA cities didn't even have Westbrook voted on once. Yep. And Jordan Poole now, right after I made the bet, Steve Kerr said, oh, he'll be starting from here on out. Back to 25. <laughs> the day one. after. Crackman next. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.